Hello and welcome, I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We are still knee deep in tech, and this is episode 35, recorded on the 7th of March, 2018. Yep. We are in a whole new place. <laughs> we are. We're in Creative in Linköping, an open office space, free for everyone to use. Yeah, it is a, is a, it is a really great concept. Yep. And this morning, we've, we've spent the whole day here, and th- this morning it was way fewer people, it was pretty quiet. So we came up with a great idea. Let's do the podcast here. And, well, we are not alone anymore. No, we aren't. But we're in a sort of kind of studio. Studio-ish. Studio-ish. Yeah, it's a, it's a studio small... studio shen. Studio-shen. Ah. It's a small glass-enclosed space with some uh, attempts of um, acoustic foam on the walls. Yeah, but it's, a, it's, it's, cute. it's great that it's available. Yes. And they have recording equipment. Yep. That are free to use, I guess. It is. So, pretty cool. Yep. Pretty cool indeed. All right. So, what do we have this week? Plenty. Because Did we didn't do a podcast last week. True. And so we yeah. won't do a podcast next week. Exactly. Because I'll be in Redmond. How cool is that? That's awesome. I'm going to be in Belgium. That's not nearly <laughs> as cool as Redmond, but... Yeah, yeah I, I do prefer the beer in Washington over the Belgian ones. Actually, I know that you prefer the Belgians. That's interesting. Uh, I, I do like Belgian beer, of course. Sure. But I'm, I'm more of a ale guy, and the Americans do great ale. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yep. Okay. And whiskey. And course. whiskey, of course. Yep. So what are you going to do there? Uh, I'm attending a customer connection event with the product groups from Config Manager and Intune. Mm-hmm. So I'm representing Atea as one of the EMS Elite partners. Right. So I'm actually not entirely sure what I'm supposed to do, but I guess my job will be to be there supporting Microsoft, supporting customers and giving the customers a partner perspective on Intune and Config Manager. Yeah. And of course, meeting the product groups, being able to share some ideas with them, get the roadmap ahead and so on. Cool. So it will be... A fun week, as I see it. I'm, uh, I'm there Monday to Friday, and the event will be from Tuesday to Thursday. Okay, so some time to acclimatize before yeah. and, and after. Yeah. Good. Sounds very interesting. Yeah, looks like they are having a pretty good weather over in Redmond at the MVP Summit. Really? So, yeah. No snow. No. Oh, nice. But I, I like snow. I know you do. I don't, but that's another story. We yeah. have quite a lot of snow here. Yep. Quite a lot, but it's not as cold anymore. No, it's it's creeping upwards. Yeah. So it will be fun. First time in Redmond, which is a big step for me. So I get to go to the mothership. It is the first time on the West Coast as well. Yes. I haven't there been further go. west than Houston. E- yeah. Houston yeah. would be kind of hard-pressed to call <laughs> west. Exactly. Yeah. So it's two or three additional hours of time difference. Yeah. It's going to be nine hours. Yeah, but the flights are great. From Linköping to Seattle takes me 13 hours and 40 minutes on the way there. Via Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yeah, and 12 hours, 10 minutes on the way back. So that's how, how much time do you have layover in, in Amsterdam? One and a half hours. Ooh, that's epic. Yep. That's very nice. Yep. So it's, it's absolutely great. My taxi is picking me up half past four, though. Yes, that's the issue with flying from Linköping. Yep. All right, so what do we have? Technical stuff. Well, I can start off with yep. I'll be uh, doing my um, quick three in a row uh, tour. 
so to speak. I'm going to Iceland on uh, Friday. That will be epic. It's going to be very interesting. I've yep. never been to Iceland, and so I'm very much looking forward to that. That's the sequence Saturday. I'll be presenting a session called Boring Stable. Stable is good. Yep. And um, that's the one that I did in, in Oslo. Yep. This time I switched a few things around and then changed it from a level beginner to a level not so very much beginner yep. anymore. So <laughs> hopefully people won't scream. Yep. But as Aske, the um, organizer, said, it is okay to make your people scream. <laughs> so I come back from Iceland and pretty much just grab a new set of underwear and go straight to Belgium, yep. to Antwerp. Yes, IT Proud. IT Proud, yep. indeed. Where I will be bunking with Fredrik Nilsson. That's always a great experience. Yeah, and as I said to, to him and Peter de Tender, who's organizing the event, one word, earplugs. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be nice. And there I'll be I guess you're stuck with him. Asher stuck. You are not serious. <laughs> okay, he's, he's, yeah, he's going to like that one. Yep. And in Belgium, I will be doing Azure SQL Database, The Cloud Awakens. Yep. It's an old classic that I've kind of tweaked a few times through the years. I s did it the first time in, in Tech Days in Stockholm. 2016, yeah. 2016, yeah. And then I've done it a couple of times. But it's a fun one. I mean, between now and then, give me five minutes and something's going to going to have have to be changed yep so it's it's a fun one yep and then i am going straight to finland tech days finland yep where i'll be doing sql server hates you what the dbas never told the developers yep one of my favorite ones it always brings quite a few laughs yeah and we quite a lot of questions as well quite a lot of questions yes and in this case it's going to be good since i have the last slot on the last day oh thank you that, but that's why they that's how they keep people to stay the entire event. Um let me get it back to you on that one. <laughs> I'm that would be great. You had the last session at last day in Tech Day Sweden two thousand sixteen as well. And you had a, quite a crowd. I did. Yep. That was fun. Yep. So that's what I'll be doing next week and, and the week after that. So what's new in the tech world? Yeah, where to start? Let, let's start by some Microsoft Teams because Ooh, they now nice. support guest access for private accounts. So Gmail accounts, Outlook accounts, and so on. Oh, And that will be a game changer for many organizations working with um, like smaller firms, like I guess for our municipalities, that would be a great way yes. to uh, manage their projects as long. And, and that's the thing that you need to remember with Teams. You mm -hmm. can invite people, yep. but they are able to get the files out. You still need a way to secure your files if they are in a team. So that's right. why you really should look into Azure Information Protection. Yes. Because that will enable you to actually use the Teams platform in a secure way and still keep track of your data. Mm -hmm. So that's quite huge, I would say. It's, it's a great improvement. Yep. And one of these... Great improvements that really kind of flies under the radar. Yep. It's not very sexy, but it is so useful. Yep. It's just, right. it's just to ensure that you can keep your data secure Yep. when inviting people with Gmail or Outlook addresses. Yep. Yep. So that's new. We also have the Azure ATP, so Azure Advanced Threat Protection, which is basically advanced threat analytics in the cloud. 
didn't we talk about this ever so slightly a couple of weeks back? We did. The combination of Windows 10 ATP, Office yeah. 365 ATP, and now the general availability of Azure ATP really enables you to get 100% focus and visibility of your entire IT infrastructure. So what Azure ATP does is exactly the same as uh, ATA did. Mm -hmm. It will look into your local AD, learn how it looks, and then start to monitor it. And if anything changes, it will alert you. So it's it's basically a baseline difference. Yeah, and then it uses machine learning to right. see differences. So that's and and the challenge with that uh, has previously been that it consumes a lot of disk, so like a terabyte of disk per domain controller. But that's no longer an issue if it's in the cloud. Exactly. And there you have all the power you need to really drive that innovation as well, to make it even more intelligent and to use the machine learning capabilities of Azure rather than having that in your on-prem environment. How cool is that? Yep. So that that will be really cool. What what kind of what kind of size of the price tag are we looking at? Good question. So would you say that it's going to be prohibitively too expensive for for small customers? Cuz I mean, this is something that everybody needs. Yeah, and it's oh yeah, it, so it's a part of the Microsoft 365 E5 suite. So okay. the top tier. Right. Uh, so that will be quite expensive, but then again, if you have that, you have ATP for everything you need, and you have a complete um, post and pre-breach solution for your um, Office workloads, your Windows workloads, and uh, Windows ATP, as we discussed previously, yeah. supports other operating systems as well, and now with your Active Directory as well. So E5 is pretty much positioning itself to be the go-to yeah. package. Yeah, you get everything. All right. Yep. Yeah, so that's it. And while talking about E5, let's keep talking about Windows. Mm -hmm. Because since last, we have t uh, have had two new releases of uh, Insider Builds to the fostering. Yeah. And they are still adding features. Wait, what? Yes. They, sh they should be done soon. Yeah. But they've in build... 17.110, they've added something extremely useful when doing window servicing. Okay. So you can do window servicing in a couple of different ways. Right. Either using a task sequence in Config Manager or using window servicing, so basically Windows Update. The bad thing about servicing is that you can only do servicing with that. You can't do anything else. So if you want to do anything else, you need to use a task sequence. Right. Which makes it a bit more complicated, and so on. But with 17.110, they introduced the ability to run scripts and actions during the upgrade. So pre-upgrade or post-upgrade, you're able to run scripts to do basically what you wish, to do changes, to uh, prep the environment, to make the upgrade move smoother, whatever you desire. Mm -hmm. So that's really useful. And, uh, hopefully that will give Windows servicing um, a bit more space because everyone is basically doing task sequences today. Yeah. Which is a bit of a shame because that's uh, in a way doing a lot of work that Microsoft could have done for you. But there are 
a huge number of reasons for why you should be doing it with a toss sequence. But for many, yeah, go for Windows servicing. Cool. And the latest release that was released yesterday, 17.1.1.5, introduced new privacy screens during the out-of-the-box experience. So there are two different types out on testing now. You can't choose what you get. You will get one of them. So two different privacy, new privacy screens, which is probably a result of the European Union making demands again. Privacy screen. Yeah. Uh, so you need to answer a couple of privacy questions. Oh, Are right, you allowed right, to use Cortana? Right, Are right, you allowed right. to... And so on. I see. Okay. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, and speaking about events, going back to that. Dude, you're on fire. Yeah, I am. <laughs> like, when, when you're quiet, I take every chance I get. All right. Uh, I went to Scotland. You did? A couple of weeks ago. So I've actually had three events in Scotland, or sort of, kind of. First, I visited the Glasgow Azure User Group. Had a great time. Presented on... Um, PowerShell management of Microsoft Intune. Yep. Then I went to a tech user, the tech user group event. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a combination of different user groups. Had a great time as well. Presented on the automating Windows servicing. And then I also had made a webinar last week with the Edinburgh PowerShell and DevOps user group on the same subject. But the thing were that on the tech user group, and like I, I present on Intune and Config Manager. Yeah. And as you may know, Config Manager is run in about 80 to 85% or even more of the total organizations in the world. They mm-hmm. use Config Manager in one way or another. So I start my presentation. Everything goes well. And after a while, I ask my usual question. How many of you run Config Manager? Okay. Not a single soul. Say what? I had 40 people in the room. Not a single organization in the room had Config Manager. One were using Intune. And the guy who said they were using that is a consultant implementing Intune. Oh. Okay. So, so, so which made my talk, they were happy with it, but nobody really knew what I was talking about because they weren't using the tools. Wow. So I, I asked them because I, I was a bit like, what's what's this? Yeah. <laughs> how, how are you doing it? Because there were some fairly large organizations represented in the room. All right. Like thousands of users. Okay. And they are using like WSUS. What? For patch management. And we, which, which Which you can do. Sure, but, but duh. Exactly. It's going to be a lot of work. Yeah. Even so, I know that. Yeah. So... so it was. I, I would have loved to continue that discussion, but thing were and and I I get that argument that many of them haven't been using uh, Config Manager previously, and they saw it as a, such a huge investment to move to Config Manager. And in a way, it makes sense if you don't use Config Manager today. No. If you're able to go s- straight to Intune and sure. only use Intune, do it. How difficult? And this this is a very difficult question to answer, but. How difficult would you say that it is to actually go from a legacy s- solution with WSUS to Intune? To Intune? Yes. That would be fairly simple, I would say. So the issue is more of a mental one than a technical one. Yeah, I would say so. Would you say that the existing information is relevant and, and good? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Definitely. So there are no reasons to, e- other than the price, if you don't own your Intune licenses. Sure. 
it's of course a cost but then again managing your environment using wsus and mdt and like nothing else perhaps deploying applications with group policy and so on it, it would be so much easier to do it with intune in your opinion what's the thing or the things keeping people from actually taking the step from a legacy solution to an intune solution do you include config manager in legacy solutions um not necessarily not necessarily I, that, that's that's um, um just the mindset like that was exactly the answer yep. i was hoping for yep. since would you say that it would be beneficial to do a session or a webinar or similar discussing this move yep yep i would say so so what 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 are the challenges you're facing today with your on-prem legacy solutions how can you solve them with intune and what can't you solve with intune that you need to change to make it work yeah yep and as always if you fix something before you start breaking stuff yep it's bound to be more interesting and and speaking of webinars yep you had an idea i had yes the whole webinar idea the, is your idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just go along. Yeah, so we, we have been talking about doing webinars to get a bit more interaction with you that are listening out there. Yep. So if you have any suggestions on what you would like a webinar on, contact us on Twitter or via email or via our blogs. Yep. Easiest would be Twitter. So Probably. at Bindatech or at ArcticDBA. Yep. That's the absolute easiest way to reach us. Um, I'll keep on talking. No. No, you don't. Yeah, I'll actually butt yeah. in here with, yeah. with some interesting. I um, I was up with in, some interesting with stuff. some interesting stuff. Yes, thank you. Sure, anytime. <laughs> I was in in Stockholm the other day, yep. and ha- had a discussion with a potential client who um, who had some very interesting ideas what they wanted to do with Power BI. Yep, and I was called in as a technical expert since. The uh, the sales pe- people didn't quite know what was possible to do with Power BI yep. and how to do it and what kind of licensing would be needed. And most of the time when I speak about Power BI uh, or talk about Power BI to, to potential clients, it always boils down to Power BI Pro and in very few cases Power BI Premium. Yep. And since Premium is, is very expensive, that usually kind of goes out the window. Which is a pity. Yeah, but that and that's the reason why we say it's expensive is that most Swedish organizations aren't large enough to benefit from it. True. You have a break-even around 450 seats. Yeah. So, yeah. But in this case, they had a predominantly external user group. Yep. So you have a company that wants to provide APIs and Power BI visualizations to outside people yep and that is spelled power bi embedded which is a whole different kettle of fish from pretty much everything else in power bi (laughs) which was great it was a super interesting discussion they have a lot of very talented developers who are very used to rest apis and and javascript which is what you're going to use so basically what you get is an offload visualization engine you can have your application on the web or wherever and you hook in a power bi visualization yep 
And in this case, they build most of their stuff in Azure. Yep. So they are already there. Yep. That's going to be very cool to see how it turns out. Yep. I very much hope that we are not done with this discussion, that yep. we can continue the discussion. And Power BI Embedded is cool. Yeah, I mean, that's the interesting thing. If you look a couple of years back and looking at Power BI, many viewed it like, yeah, you, you get a client, local client on your machine, you take your Excel spreadsheet, you visualize it. And put it in, in PowerBI.com. Yeah, yeah, kind of. That was pretty much it. And now it's a part of a bigger solution with different workloads in, uh, embedded into apps, embedded into web. Sure. So it, it, the complexity has really been bumped up a bit. It has, and the, the um, capabilities of the platform are growing by the minute. Yep. I think it's either tomorrow or at, at latest next week we're going to see a new release of, of Power BI Desktop. Yep. And considering the speed they've had a couple of years, <laughs> something's bound to happen. And I mean, they came from nowhere 11 yep. years ago, just out of nowhere, and decided to challenge ClickView and, and Tableau and stuff like that. And they are still, according to Gartner, up the leader. In the leader, yes. Yep. Straight up in the, the right-hand upper quadrant. So the congratulations the to the Power BI team. Yes. Well done. Well done. And great people, super helpful, lovely product. I uh, I couldn't be happier, even though I suck at DAX. <laughs> but then again, we have the Italians. For some reason, everyone who's really good at DAX seems to be an Italian. How so? I don't know. Marco Rosso and Alberto Ferrari of, of um, Italian fame. They are the absolute super guys when it comes to DAX yep. and, and Power BI. So then, of course, there are some Americans and stuff like that. But <laughs> yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Italians. But, but could that be because they have had like a, a really good Microsoft contact to start, start them off? Or are there any other reasons? Because it, you, you can view the like the IT landscape from an MVP point of view or whatever, or a Microsoft point of view. And you, you will see that some countries are better at some particular things than others. My guess, and I haven't spoken to, to neither Marco or, nor Alberto, but my guess is that they were very well entrenched in the Microsoft's analysis services yep. landscape. And when Power BI came along, it was a fairly small step to take. Yep going up from Power Query and then Power Pivot to Power BI. Yep. You just need to keep track of which power you're using <laughs> or how much power you're using. Speaking of Config Manager. Yes. I had yet another one of those. Yeah, hello, we have a, a database here. Could you <laughs> could you set it up according to best practices? Yep. So I, I've, I've done my best practices document, which yep. is on my blog which I always point everyone to when they're asking, but most of the time they say, okay, nice, can you do it? Yep. And I perked up when you said that 85 to 90% of the companies worldwide use Config Manager. Yep. What about the database uh, setups? I would say that they are usually horrible. Oh. Yeah. So because many Config Manager environments were set up years ago Right. Where and you basically set it up in in the best possible case, probably, even though that's from a config manager point of view, it's not the best thing. 
would probably be to have the config manager database in a like SQL enterprise cluster or whatever, mm-hmm. because then at least someone have made the correct configurations. Yeah. But most run SQL on the same machine oh, as config manager okay. from a because that that's the best thing from a performance point of view. Sure. But looking at myself, looking at a lot of our colleagues, we like we, we have a basic do this, do this, do this. All right. It so it works. What we're I'm fine. what I'm hearing now here is we're gonna do a webinar on this. Yeah. Okay. Probably. Yeah. Yep. No. It's gonna happen. <laughs> yep. I'm 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 tired of this question. Yep. I I totally get that. And like I know that many config manager environments out there would be would have a huge benefit of someone looking after them and doing implementing the best practices you can implement after the setup. Which would be most of them, I'd say. Yep. Sure, it's it's kind of hard to reformat the drives. Yep. But eh, there's so much more you can do. Yep. Okay. And speaking of Config Manager, we have a new exam out. 17703. Oh. 703, that means it's a very new exam. Yes, it was released late last week. Okay. And... It's on Config Manager CB, so this is long overdue, to be honest, to get a new one. So it's focusing on uh, Intune and Config Manager in particular, Mm -hmm. because Intune and Config Manager has in parts been parts of the Windows 10 certifications. But now we're like, we're back. We have a, and this is beneficial if you want to become an MCSA. Oh, it's not an MCSE one because this is product focused. It's not. Well, you can use this as an elective for an MCSE, right? No, I don't think so. What? It's the Credit Toward Certification MCSA. Oh. Yep. Okay. But so th- this is yep. the, the basic certification. Then you can bump yep. it up with the yep. MCSE. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's great. Uh, it's a lot more focused on mobile devices and... Uh, Thank you. Intune, of course. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Great fun. I can't wait to take it. No, I have to force my way through the uh, the Power BI one. Yeah, we have a couple of certifications to do. Oh, dear. This is actually wonderful. So the exam will <laughs> published March 8th. Uh, it is March <laughs> 7th. Today. So we're living in the future. Oh, there you go. Or we're one day behind, uh-huh. which will make it a bit hard for me to make it to Redmond. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's still in beta, but it will be released tomorrow, apparently. Okay. Yep. So. True enough. Yep. Right. So, what more do we have? Yeah, we also have like going on the bit a bit softer side. Microsoft released a new article around the pickup of Windows devices in schools in the U.S. So. Devices under $300, Windows devices under $300 uh, have its highest share in four years in K-12 schools. That's usually where you find the Chromebooks. Exactly. So they are actually starting to dislodge the Chromebooks? Yep, they are. It's oh. the, it's the same price, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. But you get the entire ecosystem. And I haven't been... I haven't tried google enough to say what's better what's worse mm-hmm. and so on but you get 
the everything. You get the EMS part, you get Office 365, you get Windows, you get Engine for Education. It's a complete value proposition. And in my view, and many may not agree on this, I see a huge benefit of students using Windows devices because that's probably, at least in Sweden, what they will be using going up to higher education yeah. or going to work. So I, I get schools that are using iPads for many reasons. I get schools using Macs. I get schools using Chromebooks. They are all great platforms. But from a certain point of view, it's valuable to run Windows as well. Sure. And when you get like, and when you add Minecraft education to the mix, when you add touch, when you add 3D, when you add mixed reality, mm. the value proposition is quite good. It is sky high. And the fact that very many organizations use Windows in one shape or form. Yep. Cool. Some sub $300. Yep. What do you get for 300 bucks, by the way? Like a Celeron touchscreen, 12, 13 inch device. So it's low end. Sure, but, but it, w- it will work just fine in schools. And these, these guys are Windows 10s, right? They could be. Not necessarily, but I guess many of them are delivered with Windows 10s at least. And that's actually something they discussed at Windows Weekly a couple of weeks ago, that Microsoft had a huge leak of documentation. Oh. And apparently most devices purchased with Windows 10s stays Windows 10s. So like 60%. Really? Yeah. I guess, and that's third-party devices. They didn't say anything about the laptop. You have a Surface laptop because... That did not stay in when Windows 10s. No, I, I guess like if you purchase a device, four minutes. Yeah, <laughs> literally four minutes yep. before I changed it up. Yep, and I, I'm a huge fan of Windows 10s. Just have to say that. Yep, put it out so there. Wh- where where do you see? Picture this: Windows 10s is becoming pervasive. Windows 10s is available, and where would you say that the uh, Windows on ARM stuff would come in? Would that be interesting to have? for this kind of, of they, they were, stuff. Yeah, 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 of course. They are also fairly expensive. I was currently. just about to yeah. say that. That's and, five. and to be to be completely clear there as well, Windows 10 S are disappearing. It will be Windows 10 Enterprise in S mode, Pro in S mode and so on moving forward. In S mode. In S mode. Oh. Yeah. Scary. And anyways, I, I see a huge potential in Windows on ARM in schools. I asked our HP Inc. contact yesterday and he would look it up but that would make so much sense to run Windows on ARM regardless of if they're using Windows in S mode or not mm-hmm. but just to get all the benefits of it the in the battery life the like it's a system on a ship it shouldn't break as easily no, as a Windows device but it, it's, it's pretty much a Windows iPad yeah exactly so but they need to lower the price. The cheapest would probably be a hundred dollars above an iPad. I was just about to say four ninety nine. They are more expensive than that. Really? I think, yeah, yeah, they are. I haven't seen the lowest price, but the HP starts somewhere around six ninety nine. So it's a fairly expensive crap. device. But then again, compared to iPad Pro. Yes, but you yep. don't need an iPad Pro for... No, compared to an iPad and still too expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And 
especially like in Sweden, we are we are spoiled with the devices that our students get. Yeah. In many cases, so they should probably be able to sell quite a lot of these in Sweden when they arrive. But looking at the U.S., especially from from what I've read, a, a school device for seven hundred dollars that just it, it's yeah, impossible. They will no. fly. Yeah, no. never, never. True. And like in schools, you don't need the LTE, which is built in. True. You, Good you point. get it, but that's what you're paying for. Yeah, but ah, okay. Yeah, so that's that was all right. So maybe if now it's gonna be it's gonna stay on the silicon. Yeah. Since it's a Snapdragon, it's yeah, gonna yeah, stay on the yeah, silicon. Yeah, it is. But you still need to pay for it. Yes. But on the other hand, you could kind of disable it. Yeah, but th- that's that's not the point. It's no. it's just yeah. more that you could but you could purchase an iPad without LTE to save even more money. Yes. And you will get kind of the same benefits. Sure. All right. I think it's actually time to end the show. Yep. That was a very quick thirty minutes this time. Yep. And we won't be back next week. No, the week after that, we'll be back with more interesting stuff. We're definitely going to have a new Power BI version. <laughs> definitely. Uh, I'll have a recap of my uh, tour. You're going to have a recap of your Redmond tour. Yeah, we'll probably have a new Config Manager of course release. Are. They are doing the MVP Config Manager Hackathon this week. So we'll probably see a new one. Perhaps not next week, but the week after that. Mm. Interesting times ahead. Yes, for sure. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening and uh, see you next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye.